Hello and welcome back. This is lesson two of our discussion on understanding jurisdiction. And this lesson is called Statutory Limitation of Jurisdiction. If you did not see the first part of our, our Understand Jurisdictional series, which is lesson one that covers the overall, please feel free to do so. This session here is a continuation of that lesson. So jurisdiction has three categories, subject matter, personal, and territory. In this session, this lesson, we will cover what is called the personal jurisdiction categories such as statutory and constitutional. And that those are the two categories. And with that comes the groups, which are personum, in rem, and quasi in rem. So why are we covering or understanding jurisdiction, because jurisdiction is the cornerstone of our legal process. Now, there's a maxim of law that says, ignorance of the law excuses not, and ignorance of the law excuses no one. And to put it another way, it is presumed that the public, which is everyone, knows the laws, and defense of ignorance is typically not allowed. And in the recent case of State versus Miller, decided in 2017 out of North Carolina Supreme Court. But the ignorance of this law also goes towards judges and attorneys. Yes, they also cannot use ignorance in which to defend whether or not they know the law. So in this lesson of what's called the statutory jurisdiction, here are the requirements. You must first ask is there a statutory requirement for which to have personal jurisdiction within the forum over the respondents? Then next, you ask the constitutional whether or not the court can exercise personal jurisdiction or equivalent, as well as does the respondent have a minimum contact with the forum? Hello, my name is Chris. And in this session, lesson two, we will review the statutory limitation of of jurisdiction so that you can use this to separate from the child support program. Let's get started. You can also listen to us on our podcast. Uh, we're available on all the major podcasts, Spotify, Apple, and Google. Also, we ask for a donation. Yes, we are asking for a donation. All this research that we're providing, it takes time and energy, and we're just asking for a small compensation uh, just to keep our channel going. And if you have as small as a $5 cash app, we're welcome. We're asking for a $25 gift donation, but again, any amount will be accepted. So jurisdiction. Every state legislator passes statutes that details a situation in which the courts will, will exercise personal jurisdiction. When any court exercises personal jurisdiction, it must do so pursuant to an explicit grant of authority in the legislative statute, or else the court may not exercise personal jurisdiction over the parties in an action. That includes child support. 45 CFR 302.17. It's called the Inclusion of State Statute. It says here, the state plan shall provide a copy of the state statutes or regulations that is pursuant of state statutes, as long as they have the forces of law to include citations and regulations. And it must provide for three specific areas. 
determine the paternity of child, establish the child support obligation, and enforce support and obligation. Why is this statute very important? Child support is a federal program that is administered in the state. I've had several conversations with people who tell me it is a state issue. It's all driven by the state. Well, this statute cannot be more clear. It is a federal program that will include certain state statutes that have the force effect of law. Now, why does it need to have the force and effect of law? Because the Supremacy Clause of the United States controls everything. As the Supremacy Clause says, it establishes the federal constitution, that is, federal law, has precedent over state laws and statutes and their constitution, and it prohibits the states from interfering with the exercise of the federal government. In addition to that, the separation of powers. The government, in other words, the federal government sets the requirement that Each branch of government is distinct, legislative, executive, and judicial. And no person charged with managing one side of the the branch to have influence over the other side. That is, the child support program is an executive program. It's not a legislative program. It utilizes a legislative program, but it is an executive program. And as the Supremacy Clause is found in Article 6, Paragraph 2 of the Constitution of the United States. Now, I'm stressing this because, again, I have had this discussion with folks that talks about this. The federal rules and the Constitution not only is just a piece of paper, it is the law of the land. It's not some principal ideas or category. It is the boundary by which everything is done, including the principle of judicial review that the courts uses in terms of laws and statutes. Likewise, officers of the court takes an oath of affirmation to the Constitution of the United States. They don't take an oath of affirmation to the state. They follow the state guidelines, state constitution, but they take an ultimate oath to the Constitution. That's Marbury versus Madison. So this discussion as to whether child support follows the Constitution should be a now and forever the only conversation. All rules and regulations within the United States follows the Constitution. So to continue with the statutory jurisdiction, let's start off with What are the categories? There is the physical presence, that is whether or not you're in the state or territory. Consent, whether you give the court's consent over or your personal jurisdiction. Domicile, whether you reside in or have a business or anything or anything related to the jurisdiction. And waiver, you can waive your rights and subject yourself to the jurisdiction of the court. Again, you're not losing your right, you are wavering. And then finally, the long-arm jurisdiction. Now, there are other categories, but these are the ones that, you know, you want to focus on. Now, of the five categories, the three that are critical for you to understand, if you want to defeat the child support, you must understand consent, waiver, and long-arm. Those are the primary areas in which mistakes are made. So. Within the category, statutory categories of jurisdiction, 
what is what is going on? Well, you have techniques and tools and strategies in which for you to use in order to challenge a jurisdiction of the child support court or to escape it. Some of those tools and procedures are motion to vacate, show the contract, interrogatory, name the injured party, writ of mandamus. These are some of the ideas that whether you researched it or whether you purchased a package that has these strategies or your friend passes it on to you or just plain and simple, you just have these things. The question is, do you understand how each of these procedures fits in with the process of jurisdiction? I'll repeat that. How do these procedures fit in with the process of jurisdiction? I'm saying it this way because, again, I talk to a lot of people and they'll tell me that the procedures of jurisdiction. No, jurisdiction is not a procedure. It's a process. How you operate within the process is what determines whether or not the court has jurisdiction over you. So let's take an example, one of those examples. Many people will hear about motion to vacate. Now, on the surface, the way it sounds like, oh, you just file a motion to vacate, you go into court, and you argue with the judge that they don't have jurisdiction over you, you do not have to pay child support, and you're home free. Well, here's where, as I said, ignorance of the law is not a defense. What does it mean when you file a motion to vacate? Well, here's the definition. Motion to vacate is a voluntary effort in which you are giving the court jurisdiction over you in a personal, in a personal capacity. That is, any action by defendants which amounts to an intent to be in the forum is considered voluntary, which is failure to conform to the procedures required of a defendant or a respondent who would preserve his jurisdictional question after an adverse ruling. And the case law is Ex parte Perry Stove, as well as South Carolina State Highway versus Ismian. So let's look at this procedure. You would think motion to vacate means you are trying to separate from child support. It is the opposite. Again, this is where the magistrate or the judge that you're sitting down, in the back of his mind is kind of... Ch chuckling and saying, you really don't know what you're talking about when you do motion to vacate, not realizing the words in of itself is the opposite what you think it is. It's not vacating. It's actually pushing you further into the jurisdiction. So that's one of understanding the rules and procedures. Now, in order to continue the discussion on the statutory requirement, we have moved this lesson onto our masterclass website called childsupport.newzendler.com, where we continue this discussion on the other lessons of child support. Jurisdiction is an involved topic. It's not something that can be done in five minutes or 10 minutes. As you can see, there's five categories of statutory jurisdiction. There's other issues regarding jurisdiction, and you're going to use it to escape child support than a full working knowledge is expected. Now, if you don't have an account on our masterclass site, uh, to the top right, there's a signing button. You can go ahead and sign in, and then you can take the rest of this course. Now, we live in a democracy. You don't have to learn jurisdiction. You don't have to do anything. 
You have to want to do it or you don't want to do it. You have that constitutional right. But understand this, ignorance of that knowledge will not get you anywhere. Again, that's the price of democracy. That's the price of freedom. Now, this is our masterclass site called childsupport.newzendler.com. We have other courses on there in addition to the jurisdictional course. And feel free to check us out, log in, take a look around. So here we are at the end of this presentation. Again, if you have any questions on jurisdiction or any other topic on this channel, please feel free to email us at chrish29 at protonmail.com. We also encourage you, please like and subscribe this channel and hit the notification bell every time we produce a, a video, as well as we also ask for donation. Just to keep this channel going, we do a lot of research, and we're bringing that research to you, and all we're asking for is your support. And thank you. Have a good day.